The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us again on this Tuesday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. And we do greatly appreciate uh, just being able to teach the Word of God and be together for this time, whether you're watching it on YouTube or Facebook or listening to it on audio format. We do appreciate just the opportunity to share God's Word. If you're following along with us, we're continuing through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, We are working our way towards the end of Matthew chapter 24, Uh, As we look at verse number 36 here in a moment, just for a little bit of context, please remember that uh, Jesus was asked by the disciples um, if he could describe what it'll be like when he returns. Now, uh, the descriptions, and one of the important things when you look into prophecy, I've said that from my perspective, I believe the next thing for the church is the rapture, then the tribulation, and then after tribulation, the millennial reign, um, as we'll talk about that coming into it. But um, I think it's important for us to understand that, again, remember most of the Old Testament prophecies, most of when the Lord, when, when the, excuse me, when Scripture refers to Jesus' second coming, that's not the rapture. We believe that is coming next. But his second coming is referring to the time when he steps on the earth. There's the first coming when he came as a baby. Uh, and he uh, lived 33 years, gave his life on the cross, sacrificing and shedding his blood for our sin. That's the first coming. He came as the Savior. Next time he's coming as the conquering king, the second coming. So when you hear the reference of the second coming, that is when Jesus physically comes back to the earth. Now, I believe that much, much of what we're looking at does reference the sec- this, this context is the second coming, his physical return. I believe, you study First Thessalonians, it's easy that God references another time as he gives a promise to the church that he's going to come in the air. We will, the, the dead in Christ wise first, will be raptured. That word's not a biblical word, it's just the word we use. We'll be raptured, caught up together in the cloud. The Bible says we will meet the Lord in the air. Um, that is separate. That is, a, I believe, a completely separate event. Um, the two of them do not match. There's no correlation between the two. When he comes the second time he comes back in the clouds with us. We're already there. Uh, so I believe for us, the next thing the church is looking for is the rapture. Uh, but in this context, he's referencing uh, the second coming. So I believe that all of the prophecies we look, we're looking years prior to that second coming for, our, for us as a church uh, to be raptured. So let's look at what I believe to be and in context, it shows to be the second coming, but that we can use same application for those who are alive as Christians during that time for us as well. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So let me explain what he talks about the idea. It's a couple quick thoughts that are, I think, important for us to understand the area of the rapture, uh, well, of all future prophecy. In verse 36, he says of that day, referencing his second coming, no one will know, not even the angels know of this. Now, I think there's enough instruction to know that once the trap tribulation starts, it's, it's kind of easy for them to, because I believe it'll start with the peace treaty with Israel. Uh, it's it's going to be somewhat easy to calculate approximately that term, but for 
us at this point, we don't even know when the rapture is happening. So the simple point is this. There is no way. God's made it clear that no one will ever really know for sure when his second coming will be, when he will finally come back to earth. Uh, it's an important thing to know. I have, I've heard and watched so many people, people who are followed by sometimes millions of other people as great teachers, very intelligent men and sometimes women of the Bible that are lying. They've got a lot of knowledge. But the moment a teacher states that they know when Jesus is coming or they can state that the events happening in Israel right now are a guarantee that Jesus is returning to, that the battle of Gog and Magog is about to happen and we need to be looking up right now. Um, we don't know that. I mean, there have been multiple times where Israel has been in conflict with others in the Middle East and everybody thought, here comes this, this is it. And while I will say that the events of the history, right, of, of current world history fits more of what prophecy states than it ever has, well, that doesn't mean that we still don't have another hundred years. Uh, so uh, without going into all the details of what that looks like, the fact is what we see here is God has made it very clear that no one knows. So if you hear somebody that believes they know or really has some guaranteed idea of when Jesus is coming, just by this one verse, and even the angels don't know this, they're a heretic, stay away. I catch that. Here's the simple principle, and I want to be as straightforward as I can. If the preacher or teacher you are listening to finds a way to twist Scripture to prove their point and does not obey and follow the simple truths like this, do not listen to them. If they get that wrong, they'll twist other parts of Scripture. We should be following Scripture. The Scripture tells us what to say, not the other way around. And a lot of people want to say, well, that context was for that people. The Word of God is for us. Be very careful when people try to twist scripture so it fits their cultural belief of what they want to be okay today. Be very careful about that. So no one knows. And then he says it will be like the days of Noah. Now, what was it unique about the days of Noah? Well, Noah's building an ark. And at that point, first of all, by the time Noah started building the ark, the people were living in sin. As a matter of fact, God came to Noah and said, the sin of the world is so evil, I want to destroy them. And so Noah found favor in God's sight. So he and his family were allowed to live. And then they started as the new father, shall we say, of the, of the world. But the world lived like this was normal. They didn't see the need for God. They didn't see the need to live righteously. They didn't see the problem of sin. And we are living in a day that's getting more and more just like that. So in those days, now it's not just living in sin. They live not really caring about God. They didn't think about it. And so the other part of it is we're going to live every part of our life. We're going to get married. We're going to give a marriage. We're going to go to work. We're going to come home. And we're going to grow to the point as a world where we do all of this and God's not part of it at all. And what happens is we'll be massively surprised when God, when Jesus comes back. And we are getting there more and more and more. For those of us who believe in the coming of Jesus, we're, we're being seen more and more as kind of crazy if I can put it that way. That's exactly what they thought of Noah. That's what he's saying. Then he gives a little more uh, descriptions of what was uh, of, of how it'll be in verse 40. It says, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, the one taken, the other left. Watch therefore, if you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Now in context, remember the Bible says the angels came down and gathered the people together, 
the Christians, the elect together. I believe that's what that's referencing right there, um, is what will happen. But that application fits the people in that time. The application fits us today. We don't know when Christ is going to come. And the point is this. If a man who was about to be robbed knew that tonight someone's going to break into my house and rob me or hurt my family, I'm going to put extra, extra measures of security. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to have them waiting. I'm going to have my own security. Maybe I won't even be home, and I'll make sure someone else is staying there to capture the thief or the criminal. I would take steps if I know somebody wants to hurt me to make sure that did not happen. Well, that, the point is simple. If I would do that in today, then it makes sense that if I'm expecting that Jesus may come tomorrow, I'm going to take steps to do it. And here's the point. If I, here, here's a simple principle, especially of American Christianity today, which I have to say it's true of me too. If I knew that Jesus was coming in four years, you know what most of us would do? For the next three years, three and a half years, we would live a complacent life. And then for the last six months, but we would give our all for Jesus until he came. I think we'd all do that. And what Jesus wants to say is we should be living every day like we know Jesus is coming today or tomorrow. If we knew the day, then we would calculate it. And Jesus says, I want you to live every day like I would come today. May we be as passionate if Jesus never comes in our lifetime, if we knew he was coming tomorrow. That's a principle. And it's not only just living for him, it's expecting him, it's preparing for him, it's recognizing his coming. And there's so much that can be included in that thought of what it means to know that Jesus is coming and how it changes our perspective. Here's the simple principle. If we are convinced that we're going to go to our grave and Jesus is never coming, I'm afraid that it will change how we live our life for Christ. It would be different than if we knew Sometime in our life, we knew for a fact that Jesus is coming, which is why he says no one knows the day of the hour. Uh, may we not be surprised. May we live as if Jesus could come and will come this week. May it be part of our life. May it change our thinking. May it change our hope. May it change our walk with God, our worship to him, our commitment to him. May it put our perspective on money and, and, and family and church and all of those things. I mean, we live every day as if he's coming because, boy, wouldn't, we don't want to be caught when Jesus comes living like he's never coming. We just don't want, I, I just, we don't want to be stuck in that area. We want to be ready and anticipating and living a life committed to him until he comes. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday. We appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope you are encouraged by the truth that Jesus is coming and always reminded that he's coming, he's coming back, and uh, he wins in the end. And no matter what you see in the news, no matter what's going on in the world, he knows he is the king, he is sovereign, and uh, he is coming back. And may we hold to that hope. Appreciate your time you spend with us. Stick with us as we continue. We'll finish up Matthew 24 tomorrow and continue working towards the end of the life of Christ. Again, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.